0: I just hope uh, they never see the light of day again. I hope he, you know, dies in prison. Basically. It took nearly 40 years, but all the people who spent most of their lives wondering who took Rhonda Blaylock's finally had a name. To the family, it's a new chapter. Once one's closed, another one's open. But with one answer dropping into the population pool comes a ripple effect of more inquiries. I still have not seen him, and I would love to just see what kind of evil that is. Why did he do it, and who really was the man accused of the rape and murder?
1: There was some DNA evidence that came back that that, that linked him
0: to the crime. Those who grew up with Robert James Atkins appalled by his arrest. If he ever had a bad side, I'd never seen. it. After his charges were announced in connection to an infamous crime, those same people are left wondering if they ever really knew him at all.
1: Yeah, I just feel sorry for the family that they went through this and still going through it. You know, I'm really sorry.
0: I'm Fox 8's Michael Hennessy, and this is Murder in Pilot Mountain, a 40-Year Mystery. Robert James Adkins was born on a Tuesday, December eleventh, 1956, at 8.20 in the morning. Delivered at Stokes Reynolds Memorial Hospital in Danbury, North Carolina, to parents Robert Lee Adkins, age 24, and Edith Jacqueline Adkins, age 22. Robert Lee Adkins was working at a golf course called Pinebrook Country Club at the time.
1: He always a good fella. I mean, you know, I never seen him blow up at nobody or...
0: Robert James's first cousins, Billy Whitaker and Becky Finney, who were brother and sister, (laughs) say they grew up right down the road from the Atkins family, near Moser and Slate Roads in King, North Carolina. It's a secluded area, even today, with houses peppered along the roads, surrounded by dense trees and broad fields. It's about a 20-minute drive east of Pilot Mountain
2: It was very safe. I didn't feel threatened at all.
0: They say Robert James had two brothers and two sisters. He was the oldest of the boys.
2: We worked in tobacco a lot during the summer. We'd get out, we'd date, ride around, just normal kid stuff.
0: They refer to him simply as James, possibly because he shared a first name with his father and they say his father was not a nice man.
2: But James never let his feeling or he, you know, his true side show around anybody.
0: James went to South Stokes High School. The yearbook called the Sora, named for the Sora Town Mountains, which are between the high school and Pilot Mountain.
2: He sort of just didn't blend in with the crowd. He sort of just stayed to
0: himself. His freshman year yearbook photo shows him with a thin yet wide smile. His hair shiny, medium length, combed left to right, reaching his eyebrow barely covering the tips of his ears, dressed in what looked like a black suit with a white shirt and black tie.
2: A shy, selfless, you know, boy.
0: Another picture shows him with the same haircut doing knee bends, with his already somewhat muscular arms extended as a classmate looks on and a teacher counts them. He was dressed in a dark button-down shirt, a light-colored sweater, unbuttoned, what appeared to be plaid pants and a white belt.
2: But if you asked him for anything, he had a heart of gold.
0: He was smiling, looking upward. Really a pretty handsome kid, but behind those bright eyes, undoubtedly thoughts of a dark home life.
2: So when they got older, they had to grow up fighting their dad to keep him. I guess if he hadn't, he'd probably killed him.
0: Sophomore year, 1973, he looks a little older, his hair is a little longer, similar dark suit, white shirt, and a lighter tie with a larger knot. His smile less spirited.
2: He was my cousin, and I, I loved him. He was more like, really, more like a brother.
0: He's absent from the yearbook in what would have been his junior and senior years. Also often absent was his dad from the home with James, his two brothers, sisters, and James's half brother.
2: His dad was an alcoholic. And he would be gone for days and days. They wouldn't know where he was at. And he would come home and he would beat those boys.
1: And his dad beat him and mistreated them.
0: It was violence that Billy experienced firsthand and not just as an onlooker.
1: Man, and his son was uh, back in the yard wrestling. And uh, he come up behind me and me right square in the back. And this guy had big feet. And... Uh, I've had back trouble ever since.
0: Billy says he would often worry if the family had what they needed to eat while their father was gone.
1: His dad was just a mean person. I mean, you know, that'd turn anybody's heart cold. He was out for number one. Heck, everybody
0: else, wife, kids, he didn't care. Soon the abused would begin to abuse. Alcohol, that is.
2: James was alcoholic. And I've seen him so drunk, he couldn't even stand up. But he never bothered anybody. He never caused any trouble. You never did hear nothing out of James.
0: Beer, liquor, anything he could get his hands on, in excess. At least in that sense, it was like father, like son. Well, he
1: drank quite a bit, cause you know. but every time you see him, he's falling
0: down drunk. He stayed sober enough to make some money, but it was hard labor.
2: Well, he worked in construction work. He worked for a water company in Thomasville, just different
0: jobs. The cousins all stayed close. James and Billy were together all the time. Billy doesn't remember James having a blue Chevy pickup, which was the description of the last vehicle Rhonda Blaylock was ever seen getting into on August 26, 1980.
1: I don't remember no truck was all that running around together. I don't even think he had a vehicle at the time.
0: What both Billy and Becky do remember, however, is the day Rhonda's body was found, August 29th, 1980.
2: It was hard for me to believe, and I didn't realize that he was accused of it until years later.
0: Neither of them remember where James was that day, or week, but in the months following, he was often under Becky's roof. Matter of fact, he stayed with
1: Becky and her husband and Thomas for the longest time. Been to my house. That was
2: back in 81.
1: We run around together. And in the years to come. But uh, yeah, he says he was a suspect. In it.
0: Billy remembers the first time he heard James's name mentioned in the same conversation as Rhonda's.
1: they was a deputy sheriff in uh, Stokes County. I ain't going to mention no names. It's been years ago. He told my sister-in-law that they know who done it or well, they had a suspicion who'd done it, but they didn't have the DNA then that they got now. So, and they told exactly who he thought it was.
0: what he say? James Atkins. On March 12th, 1983, James was arrested for DUI. Five years later on February 1st, 1988, he got a DWI and failed to stop for an accident. He was put on probation for all of them, but that was the extent of his record.
1: You never know.
0: I mean, what goes on somebody's mind? In 1993, four days before the 13th anniversary of Rhonda's death, August 22nd at 10.50 in the morning, Robert Lee Adkins died of what his death certificate says was probable acute myocardial infarction, a heart attack. He was 60 years old, working as a heavy equipment operator for a grading company, But the damage his niece and nephew say he'd inflicted on his sons had already been done.
2: I'm wondering if he has mental problems from the way he was treated when he was growing up.
0: Becky says the youngest Adkins' son died of an overdose. The middle brother took his own life. James moved up to Fisher Valley Road in Dobson, a small, run-down looking home today. It has stained white siding, brown shutters, a porch with a handrail missing, double garage, extremely secluded, acres upon acres of woods behind it. Becky says he got married and had a son of his own. She hasn't seen him in about 15 years.
2: He come to my house and he was drinking and he was riding his motorcycle and I told him to be careful. <laughs> That's the last conversation I think I've ever had with him.
1: When well, I seen his picture on the newt, I didn't recognize it was James. Last time I seen him was down at Tractor Supply and uh, He'd uh, living on a farm up there. Matter of fact, he had horses. You know, I thought the boy was really doing good for say.
0: August second, twenty nineteen, the day the press release was sent out announcing Atkins' arrest.
2: Fox ate started advertising it on the news said that he had been arrested, and I I I didn't watch the news that night. But my brother called me. Said, "You see the six o'clock news?" I said, "No." He said, watch the 10 o'clock news. We call him James. He said, James was on there for murder. I said, you have got to be kidding. He said, no.
0: Becky did watch Fox 8 at 10 o'clock that night. It was a Friday.
2: It was like it wasn't James. Like, I didn't believe it. Like, he was somebody I didn't know.
0: His appearance? A far cry from how he looked in those South Stokes High School yearbooks 46 years earlier. The gray hair pulled back, the sloppy beard hanging from his chin, the dark puffy eyes wandering from the camera, the drooping mouth and tired skin. The charges, first-degree murder, first-degree forcible rape. But it was the same man who lived with her the very months after the murder.
2: It just really scared me, really. I just, really, I didn't know how to deal with it. Because I was always close to James when we were growing up. I always felt sorry for him, I always took up for him.
0: In the months after the arrest, Becky and Billy were left with some of the same questions Rhonda's family's still asking. If Atkins did kill her, what was going through his head?
2: The only thing I could think of was alcohol and drugs. Now, I don't know if he was involved in drugs or not. But If he did do it, something happened that night.
0: How could he live a seemingly normal life for four decades? Start a family of his own after allegedly tearing another family apart in such ferocious fashion?
1: That's something I can't understand. A man do something like it and not talk about it. You know, I don't know if he blocked it from his mind or... But I don't see how anybody could live with herself like that. I'll be honest with you. I mean, if I do something like that, man, I, I'd have to turn myself in. I couldn't live on myself. How? Did they miss it? If you got a conscience at all, it would work on your mind, put it like that. Unless you can somehow block it out, maybe. I don't know. But back then, he was drinking a whole lot. Maybe he drank
0: to forget. I don't know. It's something retired Captain Swaim has experience with through his years of interrogating homicidal offenders. But those are telltale signs, too, that you look at. You know, all of a sudden, this guy had a, a, a major life change right after this crime committed. He he turned it around. So what caused him to do that? Easy to speculate, but tough for 67-year-old Billy to digest.
1: The old saying, hard pill to swallow, you know. Mm-hmm. After knowing him all these years and then... This crop's up. It's hard to take. And leaving Becky.
2: that He's not the person that I knew growing up. It's just a completely different person.
0: Still questioning if the boy she called a brother could be so barbaric.
2: And it just shocked me that, you know, that, that he was accused of it. I don't want to believe he done it.
0: You don't think there's a possibility that he's responsible for any other disappearances, or anything else back I, then? I don't think so. As for if the Rhonda Blaylock task force believes Adkins could have been behind any of the other murders that happened around the time of Rhonda's death? I don't think so. I don't think... Uh... We have spoken with Adkins' lawyer. He told me that since this case is ongoing, it would be inappropriate for either he or Adkins to comment on.
1: I remember them saying that um, he dumped her by a tobacco barn and that the farmer uh, found her by the tobacco barn.
0: Sherry Figpen wasn't allowed to see the site where her cousin's body was found when it first happened, but she knew where it was. Four years after the murder, she got her license and couldn't resist going, but never went back, that is, until now. We travel with her down the private, secluded gravel Groundhog Trail Road once more, 40 years later. And we meet a former law enforcement officer who was there the day Rhonda was found and today lives just feet away from the scene. That's next time in the fifth episode of Murder in Pilot Mountain A 40 Year Mystery. If you like the podcast, please rate it, comment on it, subscribe to it, tell a friend. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, 800,000 children are reported missing each year in the United States. And there's a national hotline to help track them down at 1-800-843-5678. That's 1-800-THE-LOST. If you want to see the pictures of Atkins, both young and old, they're on our website, that's myfox8.com. Murder in Piled Mountain, a 40-year mystery, was written and reported on by me, Michael Hennessy, and edited by Chris Weaver. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels.